0: Hello, and welcome aboard the battleship pretension I'm Tyler Smith I'm David Bat and thank you for listening David yes how you doing
1: uh, I'm uh, okay well I, I've got two things I want to talk about
0: okay what's so the I, first
1: one the first one is just a very simple thing I want to get your opinion I don't know if you saw this week that the the uh, BBC put out uh, a list of the—they the, uh, the, the they took a poll of a lot of critics and a list of the top 100 foreign language
0: films of all time. I saw that they did that, and I actually clicked on it, but I have not looked at that okay. tab again.
1: Um, here's the thing. I just want to get your opinion on this. I put it out on Twitter, but no okay. one cares. Um, it has things on there like Metropolis and Battleship Potemkin— I don't feel like a silent film is a foreign language film. I don't
0: film. think. I don't think so either.
1: Like if it were foreign films, but then I guess they say foreign language because if it would, they're they're British, if they said foreign films, it would mean <laughs> right, right, American and Canadian or Australian. You know, so they're, I understand why they're saying foreign language films, but a silent film is not in. It's not in any. It's in the language of film. That's what's so great about <laughs> silent movies.
0: Yeah, and I mean, in back then, I mean, like. American like American silent comedians were very popular in Europe and uh, German expressionist films were very popular in the U S like it's, there was no language barrier. Like, you know, in talking about foreign language there, they are essentially talking about a barrier that yes, I guess could also extend to culture. But I feel like when there is no actual language barrier, I feel like it's easier for the culture to span uh, multiple countries as in silent film, yeah. you know, Trip to the Moon was popular everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay. yeah, I don't I don't think those uh, Seemed weird should count. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. That's not the main thing I want to talk about, though. The main thing. I mean, I have problems
0: with that list anyway. With the
1: just the existence of it? Yeah.
0: Um. Why? I don't, I don't think because I, like. It's I feel like. Well, they're not in English, so that that's its own genre in its own way. <laughs> right. Like, let's put all these together, even though many of. The, I mean, in a way, I guess it's not that different than the 100 best movies of all time list, where you're just comparing all of them, English language or not. Yeah. So I guess, but if it's if it's you if it's a, a Western. Uh, organization that puts those together it tends to skew that way so i guess it's saying like all right we're removing everything that is not in english yeah and we're doing that but it still feels like in its own way it's almost kind of ghettoizing it and acting like oh a foreign film is this they're all basically the same
1: i definitely agree with you but i also feel like to be charitable it could be seen as if it's a list that's for the layperson maybe sure then it's a way of saying Hey, here's a way to get excited about movies where you have to read the subtitles. Yeah, you know. Um, I guess I'm choosing to be charitable, uh, but I'm very sad. Uh, legitimately, Tyler, I'm very sad about something. Um, uh, a uh, noted and beloved uh, film institution is coming to an end. Mm-hmm. It's not the one you think I'm talking about. Okay. Uh, L.A. Film Festival announced today they will they've after 18 years there is not going to be any more L.A. Film.
0: Really? Yeah i did not see that that's yeah. uh, and i've sadly i've never gone to it but you have reported back and it just sounds like something that philosophically i'm very much on board with did they give a reason why um just too much stuff going I, on
1: i think um, no i don't think it's uh that they are just too busy right now yeah, i just mean that <laughs> um, like i think the attendance was never super great okay and film independent Runs the Independent Spirit Awards and the Lackman Screening Series, and they have a they have a Film Independent has a bunch of stuff going on that is clearly getting more attention and doing more for them than LA Film Festival. So I think uh, they decided to put their energy where uh, people seem to uh, respond to it more, which is too bad because I really enjoyed LA Film Fest um, every year, and it does seem like I guess los angeles still has afi fest Mm. i love afi fest but they're very different philosophically they are very different festivals um and uh afi fest is fantastic and it's great that it's free um and it's great that you get to catch up on if you're someone who reads about festivals throughout the year afi is a great sort of Greatest hits of <laughs> of the festival, mm-hmm. but like there aren't that many. AFI is not a fest where things are going to get acquired, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, or like uh, or get distribution, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like it already has. Usually, the things that do, if there are a couple of premieres um, at AFI Fest, uh, they already have you know uh, they already have distribution. I think Mary Queen of Scots is the big hmm. premiere at AFI Fest this okay. year. Um, I was at the premiere of inside lewin davis at afi fest Hmm. um uh that was uh, that was a fun time but la film fest represents a different thing la film fest feels again i don't want to sound like i'm being insulting to afi fest i really do love afi fest but la film fest is like a real festival Yeah. yeah or was like a real festival in that uh it was a place where you could go to discover things yeah um and i i think I think LA Film Fest really, really spoke to my philosophy of movies, which is, okay, this is going to sound weird as a guy who is a co-host of a long running movie podcast where I talk to people and people listen to me talk and we talk with each other about movies, okay. but my cinephilia has never really been about community at all. Right. Me. Um, I mean, the the reason I fell in love with movies is because I was lonely. I was a lonely kid. Uh, So it's always been kind of a solitary pursuit for me. So I think and that's why I don't fit in on film Twitter. I don't actually like film Twitter and I'm getting further and further away from it every day Um, because I don't I don't care about that part of it that much. It's interesting when you find like minded people, but I don't really I don't
0: value the community of film lovers Boy, Do you know what i mean i absolutely know <laughs> what you mean here's why okay so yeah i was never part of film twitter but i am part of a few groups on facebook uh-huh. um, that i was invited to and so i would go and the conversations are perfectly fine but okay in the same way that in uh i mean this is not uh this this sentiment is not unique to men in black but i think it's the first place i heard it which is that a person is smart people are dumb uh-huh. <laughs> and so there are times when i'm i'm i am in this I think group and i'm people, seeing people are dumb panicky animals and you know it i think that is the that sounds about right for men in black. uh and so i have found that like anytime there's any, any kind of survey or something like that about like the best movies or your favorite movies or whatever it is. Um, and then like, Oh, a lot of people are contributing to it. And I, and I often find that the more people contribute, the one could say the more communal it is. I, I find the, (sighs) I find the intelligence level or the, or the, the, of the discourse. The, yeah, the, the level, level of, of the discourse goes down yeah. more than a little bit. Yeah. Whereas if it's one-on-one or if there are three, maybe four people, it can stay at a certain level. But once you start getting a lot of people together, suddenly you start hearing the same titles over and over again and you just, yeah. you know.
1: Yeah. And that's I, and I, want, I don't want to sound like I'm slacking off our listeners because I actually think that one thing we've done here is we've attracted people who tend to feel the way that we do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... Uh, The comments that we get are, uh, you know, either on Twitter or on the comments on the website are usually thoughtful and personal and not just keeping up with the conversation. You know what I mean? And I feel like, again, it's going to sound like I'm slacking off AFI Fest, but I do think for some people the appeal of something like AFI Fest is being able to keep up with the the international film community conversation. LA Film Fest was a place where I saw would see great movies and then maybe never hear about them again. maybe like two years (laughs) later, you know, I think like the first one that I, um, the first LA film fest that I covered in 2013, I saw, um, expedition to the end of the world, which didn't come out for like a year and a half. Yeah. Almost no one saw it, but it was like my favorite movie at the festival that year. Um, and, um, you know, we've gotten to know, we've become friends with Camille Toman because I saw Mm -hmm. never, never Here was, uh, I think my favorite film of the 2017 festival, um, and I I really value that. I don't need... It's okay. Like, seeing a great movie and then no one that else that I know ever seeing it is not a bad... I mean, it's bad for the movie. But yeah. it doesn't... I feel like for some people that dampens their ability to appreciate the movie because talking about the movie with people is such a part of it. And that's
0: not... I'm not saying those people are wrong. I'm saying that's right. not me. I, I will say that for myself... About as communal as I get, I mean, I have my, my my card system here so that I can lend movies to people, Sure, but I try not to do it indiscriminately. I try to be like, if there's a movie that I've seen that just other people don't have, like Entrance was this for uh-huh. for me for a long time. Which I saw at OA Film Fest, by the way. There you go. And and I saw because uh, Josh Fadem like uh, invited me to some random screening of it with only a handful of people, mm-hmm. and I went and saw it. And I was like, I don't know if anyone's going to get to see this, and I loved it. But the thing is, I also realized like, well, it's not it's not just ever it's not just anybody that I want to see it. It's right, right. you and a few other people, and I wanted to get your take on it, not as a way of validating what I think or anything like that, but because it's like. I see this stuff in the movie, but there's so much going on that I have no doubt that certain people can add to the conversation, (laughs) and to sound selfish, I will personally benefit from their take, you know, uh, and it has, I guess you could say that's communal, but I do think that for some people, the communal nature of uh, of film watching is, I want people to hear what I have to say. Now, of course you and I do this podcast and have for 11 years. So clearly we think people will want to hear what we have to say, but I also do like hearing stuff back that I never thought of.
1: But honestly, I mean, yes, you're right. We do have a little bit of that ego. But the truth is, you and I were having these conversations before the Yeah. Like, we would—this st- was—I mean, to some extent—I mean, we, again, I love doing the podcast. But to some extent, this is just an excuse for us to get together once and we could talk about movies. That's right? true.
0: I see you more uh, more often than most of my friends, uh-huh. and it's partially because we've got to set aside time.
1: Yeah, and that's great because when, when I—we used to live together and do that, and then when I uh, moved— out here there was about a year and a half year and a half more yeah i guess about a year and a half um uh and we would occasionally talk on the phone like and talk about movies but then we picked up again when you came out here and this was damn right podcast was your idea um yeah (laughs) that's um i didn't I, i didn't really know what a podcast was until you told me uh anyway we've gotten far afield i'm wondering if Cinephilia as a community is something we should do as a topic and maybe with a guest who is more... Oh, undoubtedly, yes. Maybe, we should, uh, maybe next week, actually. Maybe. If we can find a guest who is more involved in... Who who takes the other... I don't... You know, someone who... I would venture the other. to say
0: most of the people we know would probably be more involved than we are.
1: But someone who actually cherishes... Oh, okay. ...things that community is, uh, is important to their... To their uh, okay. enjoyment of cinema. All right, yeah. There's
0: okay, yeah. All right, we should maybe look into that. Yeah.
1: All right. Um, who was this episode oh. brought
0: to you by? <laughs> well, look, David, you talked about one uh, institution that came crumbling down. Listeners, we all know that film's truck is going to be a thing of the past, and I'm sure you're wondering: the ship is sinking. Where where are the lifeboats? Well, I'll tell you where they are. They're a movie. All right? Movie, not going anywhere. All right? And in case you're wondering what that is, what is this movie? I know all about Filmstruck, it's been shoved down my throat. What is this movie? Well, Mubi is a curated online cinema that brings its members a hand-picked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. Every day, Mubi's curators introduce a new title, and you have thirty days to watch it. That means there's always thirty wonderful films to enjoy, all for only eight ninety nine a month. Plus, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. Currently available on Mubi is—I want to make sure I got—I uh, get pronunciation correct—Lee uh, Chang Dong uh who directed uh the superb burning yes. this year yes. uh his 2000 uh 2007 film secret Sh- uh, sunshine is uh, available It is a tremendously moving melodrama of grief driven by a prize-winning performance by Zhang Uh So that is one of the 30 films available at MUBI. There's a special offer for listeners of Battleship Pretension. You can try MUBI free for a month. Just go to MUBI.com. That's M-U-B-I.com slash Battleship to redeem now. Or you can just click on the MUBI ad at BattleshipPretension.com. So they... You know, they are bringing you this episode, but they're not the only ones. They've got help from the people at Dice Enthusiast Presents. Uh, It's a new podcast series based around a board game that four roommates played for the entirety of 2017. During that year, they were faced with problems like mental breakdowns, infidelity, and a suicide attempt. Uh, It is a surprisingly personal podcast. Dice Enthusiast Presents is a prime example of life happening while you're making other plans or trying to play a game. Uh, This week's episode is modeled after 1970s thrillers and involves a drug dealer moving in with the roommates. Uh you would think that they would want to kick him out, but it turns out uh he was their manager's son. So uh lot, lots going on there. Um you can go to diceenthusiast.com or click on the ad at battleship dot com to listen.
1: And I would like to tell you about Tweakedaudio.com. audio.com. Tweaked audio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great, they sound great. Tyler and I both use them each and every day of our lives. You know what I was listening to today? What's up? Um now you haven't seen the movie uh Juliet Naked, right? No. You haven't seen Juliet Naked. Uh I have seen Juliet Naked. Nice. Uh, <laughs> uh I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> um that's true. I didn't like the movie. Uh, but Ethan Hawke's character plays a rock star in the movie. Right. And so there's a song written for the movie by Conor Oberst. Oh, okay. And Conor Oberst's version... I
0: feel like I haven't heard that name in a while.
1: Oh, yeah. I I still... I I have a thorny history with bright eyes. Now I'm...
0: Pro Bright Eyes, Pro Connor Oberst. I don't mean to say that he's like a has been or something like right. that. It's more that like he was a big part of my life for a while yeah. as a function of you mostly, um, and then I just kind of fell away from him. But I know he's still out there. Uh,
1: yeah, and still making making good music. Um, I feel like yeah, it wasn't cool to. And when I the first when I was like a high school or college freshman, the first time I heard Bright Eyes, I uh, couldn't stand it. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of. And then I kind of came back to Bright Eyes uh, after Lifted came out, which was right. I, mean, uh, I think Lifted came out right before my dad died, but I started listening to it a lot right after my dad died. It gave me kind of an entirely different experience. And that's a diff- Yeah. Uh, Lifted is an entirely different album anyway. But so the version of this, uh, the song's called LAX. The version of it that Ethan Hawke recorded for the movie is terrible. Um <laughs> Like, angeringly terrible. Um, but Connor Oberst's version, which is just him and a piano, uh, is very nice. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was listening to. It sounded great in my tweakedaudio.com earbuds. Uh, those are available at a low, low price at tweakedaudio.com. But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. Tyler? Yes? What are we talking about this week? All right. Let's get into it, shall we?
0: Indeed. So I know I've been doing this uh, show a long time. It's kind of the thing you, that you say that you ripped off from somebody else, right?
1: Yes. Uh, okay. It was a, um, a show on, uh, KDHX, 88.1 okay. community radio in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, the show was called the Wayback machine mm-hmm. and they would play a lot of like, uh, punk and garage rock type stuff. And, uh, I can't remember the two hosts names, but one of them, like they'd play a bunch of songs and they'd back announce all the songs, maybe chat a little bit. And then, uh, he'd say, let's get back into it. Shall we?
0: Oh, okay. whenever, whenever they went back in. So they got back into it. Yeah. We are only now getting into yeah. it. Got it. Uh, okay. So this, this topic, um, goes back to when I saw truth or dare. The uh, horror film that is not good, despite having a surprisingly good ending.
1: Okay.
0: Um, But it's not just called Truth or Dare; it's called Blumhouse's Truth or Dare. And I feel like I had not seen that in a while. I've seen John Carpenter's The Thing. Uh huh. Uh, You know, whenever Lee Daniels, the Butler. Lee Daniels, Lee Daniels, the Butler. Uh (laughs) Um. So like I. You know, ownership given to the directors, but uh, this was the first instance I could think of where the ownership was given to the studio, and it's because the studio was Blumhouse, which, you know, by the time that came out, Get Out had come out and was making a ton of money, and Blumhouse was definitely... uh, fairly high profile in the horror community. And so playing, so the director, I don't remember the name of the director, but I do remember the Blumhouse put it out and I realized like, okay, so they are putting themselves out there, um, right there with the, the title, with the title of the film. And it got me thinking about like the way studios brand themselves, but then it actually got me thinking about something a little bit more abstract, which is, the personalities of mm-hmm. studios and production companies, uh, e- e- and it could be, you and I could think about Warner brothers, for example, in completely different ways. Um, but I don't think we do. I think that it's, it's a function of branding, a function of the movies that have been released, a function of film history, as opposed to what a a, a studio yeah. is now. And so I was just curious, I'm not even sure really how to phrase it, but like the personalities of studios.
1: Um, well, let me ask you this question, because okay. you bring up Blumhouse. You mentioned production companies and
0: studios. Where do you draw the line? Yeah. Because uh, I don't really. I mean, I tend to think of studios as just like they've been around longer. But and so yeah. I think of like five. I think of like the five big ones. But I think of Blumhouse as more of a production
1: company than a studio because Blumhouse yeah, doesn't, yeah. doesn't do its own distribution.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely put that down to a production company. Yes.
1: OK. So, yeah, I feel like a studio is... Produces films and yeah. distributes them, and sometimes distributes films produced right. by other people, like uh, whoever was uh, who who distributed Truth or Dare. I have no idea. Uh, it's probably Universal, uh, which we'll get into.
0: Which we will get into. Okay, yes. Well,
1: let's let's talk about the let's about the major studios. Okay. Um, and what their back in the heyday of studios, right? What their identities were. And, and, universal, if, and if they
0: have retained them.
1: Uh, yeah. Universal horror. Yeah. A, and I think has retained that. I, I still think they put out a lot of horror movies and obviously yeah. they try to do this dark, uh, dark yeah. universe, which it's, I, everyone makes fun of the dark universe because they tried to start it twice and it failed both times. Yeah. But it's like of all the proposed connected universes i would have loved if
0: it it worked if if it had been been good it would i would have been great if they'd tried if they had not tried to do the action thing and had it be like a a universe of gothic horror yeah i think it would have worked and i would have been thrilled and it's just right there a ton of tea just waiting for them to hit it out of the park and then they completely whiffed it
1: yeah um okay so universal horror mgm musicals Warner brothers crime i think (gasps)
0: And then yeah. It starts to
1: get a little bit dodgy here. I feel like Paramount. Maybe you've got like you've got like I'm thinking of like Ernst Lubitsch movies or like Palm Beach Story. If you have kind of like comedy, like
0: Oddly enough, nice comedy for Paramount. I don't start thinking about Paramount until the 1970s. Hmm. And I, of course, okay. I know that it's it had been around before that, but yeah. I think of like prestige films of the 70s with okay. Paramount.
1: Um, but I'm talking of the same. If we're talking about the yeah, same yeah. era, like yeah. the the 30s to 50s, yeah. Uh, who did I leave off uh, Fox uh, Fox? I guess I think of like grapes of wrath and the oxbow incident. I guess I think of Henry Honda yeah. and mm. kind of like, yeah. Issue like, or moral
0: movies. Like, yeah. I mean, it does yeah. make sense given the way movies were made and the idea of contract players and that sort of thing that, you will think of certain actors when you think of certain studios. When I think of Warner Brothers, I do picture Humphrey Bogart and oh, I picture yeah. Cagney, um, but Bogart especially. Um, and so, and and yeah. As, so I, I mentioned I think during the movie journal that uh, this week I was lecturing my middle schoolers about uh, about um, uh, the history of horror. I mean, of course, you hit the 30s, and it's all Universal and then i and then you get to 1960 and you get psycho and then 75 you get jaws i'm like universal makes other movies but i mean it is it, monsters it's monsters and scary yeah. mo- and scary films and and that sort of thing and
1: yeah but then the monsters now cuz godzilla and king kong are yeah. now warner brothers right yeah um the last kong movies mm-hmm. were universal the, Yeah. or the last uh, the beard peter, peter jackson one is what i'm talking yeah. about yeah um, but yeah, I, I do, I do feel like they've kind of tried to stick
0: to Jurassic Park was universal and Amblin obviously, but uh, like as yeah. far as studio.
1: Yeah. So universal, I guess is the one that's still sticking to that. I don't know that yeah. I think of when I think of, when you think of Fox now, what do you think of I well, d- Disney? <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> well, and honestly, because for, you know, for people our age, I think Fox is, Infinitely more associated with TV, like Fox, oh, the sure, network yeah. started coming, started really coming into its yeah. own when we were kids, and Fox was associated with like, for lack of a better term, raunch, but I'd say like racier, edgier material. Yeah. But I'm thinking as far as the Great network, the was that Fox or was that W B? It was one of them. The, uh, w was trying to be Fox. That yeah. was the thing. I think that was the WB now that it, the WWB, Yeah. I think it was that, but I don't remember now. Um, but yeah, as far as Fox, the studio, I tend to think of it, you know, in using this word personality, I think I might uh, personify these, these, I, not me personally, but I, I kind of anthrop- anthropomorphize them. And I think of Foxes as, as kind of the little brother saying like, Hey, you guys, huh. I'm here, too, even though they still put out, you know... And also, Fox goes back to yeah. the beginning. Oh, absolutely. The, um, do you know
1: where the original Fox lot was? Uh, no. Do you know where the food for less is at the corner of Sunset and Western? And there's a McDonald's and there's oh, like yeah, a weird, yeah. like, college of some yes, sort? Yes, like A trade school right there? That, Sunset and Western, that's where the original Fox was. And that's why the film lab which is behind oh, sure. the deluxe film lab, which is still deluxe and yeah. behind, um, the food for less, uh, on, what is that? Uh, so it's an S is it Serrano? It might be Serrano, the street, um, uh, the small street, um, that deluxe, which is now a huge, mm. you know, um, multinational, uh, corporation. You see their logo at the end of every fucking movie. Yeah. um, started as the film lab of Fox. And that's Mm. why they're at that location is because it's, that goes all the way back to the beginning. So Fox moved Deluxe stuck around. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, I love, and this by the way would not be of interest to most of our listeners. Most of our listeners are not Angelenos. They are, they don't spend as much time on, on, on the lots as Mm. we do, but I love talking about, Studio lots. I love it. Um, I don't know if I love it. I find it interesting. uh, Especially Paramount, because Paramount is the only one that's still where it was. (laughs) Paramount is the only major studio still in Hollywood. It's
0: Melrose between between Van Ness and Gower. Uh, Although I have... I did about 10 years ago, I interned at the Jim Henson lot, which is the Charlie okay. Chaplin. Yeah. Yeah. That was the Charlie Chaplin studios. Yeah. And you know, so it's not big yeah. at all. And I think they only shoot small things there. Uh, if they shoot there at all. Um, but it is still there and yeah, it's, a lot it's really interesting.
1: Like, Cause, um, we're getting off topic, but listeners might, I know like the lots, like, there isn't just a lot per studio or network or whatever. Right. There are also just independent lots mm-hmm. that are owned and operated as lots and people rent, you know, so yeah. there's like the, um, rally studios, which is like, uh, right across the street from Paramount. Yeah. The, I think that's like the, um, I don't know all the like screening rooms there are named after like Pickford and Fairbanks. So I'm mm-hmm. not sure. Uh, maybe that's like United artists thing, but then you've got, um, the Culver Studios, uh, going back to LA Film Fest, that's where LA Film Fest was the past few years, is, uh, at the uh, Arclight Culver City, which is right next to the Culver Studios. That was the Thomas Ince oh, Studios, yeah. and yeah. also Desilu mm-hmm. was there, uh, and then the original Warner Brothers lot is still in Hollywood, and is still a lot, it's just called The Lot, mm-hmm. uh, it's on Santa Monica, just west of La Brea, um, Yes, and, and stuff still, uh, I'm not sure what shoot's there now, but, uh.
0: still a lot yeah and still Um, like you know with with a couple of exceptions the the year you know decades ago they built you know in some cases almost 100 years ago they had these giant lots you know plots of land and built big warehouses and it's like yeah they might need to update them but for the most part you don't. It doesn't really change. <laughs> like the the you still need it, yeah, and it's still there, yeah. Um, but that's yeah. That's not what we're talking about. But right, it is. Right.
1: I do love talking about yeah. studio lots. So and the histories of them.
0: When I think of Fox Paramount, all, all right. those years ago, like I don't, I I don't really know what to think of. Um, like I can't really yeah. place what movies. I should say, real quick, I want to get this out. Okay. Paramount is also RKO, So Citizen Kane, sure, was yeah, shot on yeah. the Paramount lot. All right, sorry. Um. But yeah, so, uh, so yeah, I definitely know what I think of Fox now. I know what I think of all of these studios now. Okay, so and, and like, many of them are, many of, of that is rooted in where they came from.
1: Okay, so it's not, I mean, I feel like if we're talking about major studios, I mean, we can get to other stuff yeah, yeah. later, like, I don't know, what is Lionsgate? I don't know. Um, I do have
0: Lionsgate on but here. Lionsgate
1: yeah. is a studio because it does its own distribution by, mm-hmm. by the rules we set out. Um, but, when we talk about the major studios now, I find it hard. So I'll be interested to get your opinion. I find it hard not to just associate them with their franchises. Yeah, you know that's what I mean? true. So you say Fox. It's like, oh, that's Alien. And that's X-Men. Uh, X-Men and Alien. Yeah. 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 And um, I guess Universal is Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Warner Brothers is Harry Potter. Still, I I mean, I think DC now, yeah, yeah, DC
0: and the Godzilla, King Kong universe. But what's interesting is how many people, because the DC movies are just horrible, with the exception of Wonder Woman, like they're just so terrible. But when I hear people (laughs) talk about how bad they are, I don't hear them say Warner Brothers. I hear them say DC. Like in the minds of people, they do separate the two now admittedly i don't hear many people saying oh harry potter those movies are great warner brothers really knocking it out of the park but i tend to associate like i i know that dc is not a separate entity like warner brothers is the one making those they do batman they do everything that's dc but for some reason when they when it comes time for blame i I usually just stop at dc and not warner brothers
1: um but outside of franchises warner brothers i think has kind of uh, developed a certain relationship with direct. I think directors like Mm. big name directors, like Warner brothers, like Clint Eastwood, I think all Mm -hmm. of his stuff is Warner brothers, right? Uh, Going back at least the last 10 years or so.
0: Right. I don't think I actually know. Um, I think it is. Uh, Yeah. I I think of Warner brothers as classy. And it's probably because it's the one that I associate most, like even though, like you said, they did like kind of those crime movies, but I think of like Casablanca. Um, Okay. uh, See, I think of Warner Brothers as. Classy, but mainstream. Pardon me. I think of it that way.
1: I feel like classy. I feel like Warner Brothers is like the Vegas guy trying to be classy. Like he's a little Uh, bit douchey. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he's got a hat. He's got a suit on. There's probably too many buttons on the suit. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's what Warner Brothers is. Yeah, to me now. Um,
0: We haven't talked about Sony yet because that's the newest of the major. Yeah, Uh, Sony's is is on my on my list here, and yeah, because it's new, I think of. I mean, it's sort of. there's a line in Lion and Winter where uh, the youngest brother says to his father, like, you don't think much of me, do you? He goes, much? I don't think of you at all. Mm-hmm. Sorry, no, it's the middle brother. Um, okay. And Sony is, is a company I rarely think about because I that one, if Fox is like the little brother trying to say, hey guys, I'm here too, uh, in my mind, again, uh, Sony is like the cousin that is in jail. Uh, um,
1: see, I mean, I... I see the distance, but I feel like Sony is, I feel like there's a lot of confidence with Sony. So I feel like Sony is like the, if we're talking about a family, it's the cousin who like you only
0: see at the family reunion, but he shows up in like yeah. BMW or whatever. Like, But, but it's least because he doesn't, because he's, <laughs> he borrows money from everyone all around town. Okay. Like the way, like when I think of Sony, I mean, thinking in, in terms of franchises, like when, when, even they acknowledge that they cannot manage their franchises, and they just give Spider Man over to yeah. uh, Disney, which is, and Marvel and all that. And like, they're losing Bond, right? I th- yeah, like it's. I think. And then what, uh, what's the? And then like they they they, they screw up. Oh, g- they screwed up Ghostbusters. Uh, okay. You know, like these are things with name recognition that should have done very well, and their Andrew Garfield Spider Man movies did fine, but nobody really liked them. And so and they were trying to build their own big Spider-Man universe but nobody wanted it. So when even they say, you know what? We can't be trusted. <laughs> you know, I feel like that's that's why I think of Sony as kind of this I don't think of them as necessarily having a brand beyond, if you'll pardon me, artistic failure. Um, huh. well, what are they which probably as- which probably isn't fair. Yeah. But uh, I
1: think what Sony has put out that is really good <laughs> in recent years.
0: I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's something. Um, and and that's the thing is I'm thinking in terms of their big movies. Mm-hmm. Um But uh, right, because you also got
1: Sony Pictures Classic, which is its whole, whole other thing. Yeah, which, which is, uh, puts out mostly good stuff. Sometimes it's a little too aggressively middle brow. Sure. Uh, but then some weird stuff will sneak in sometimes. Yeah. Um uh yeah but but I do yeah, I do think I forget that those are the same, yeah, you know, like I don't think of calling by your name and the interview as being the
0: same <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so let me ask you this, are there any studios? Let's stick with the the big studios. Uh-huh. Are there any studios you trust? No, okay. Um like any time a movie says from the studio that brought you this I'm like what? No. Who gives a shit? But you know it's funny. Yeah, uh
1: I do have more positive feelings about some than okay. others. Like I feel like I feel like I like Universal cuz I feel like Universal isn't going to try and uh, you, they are, you're going gonna to get what you see with, what
0: you see is what you get with Universal. They know what they are, yeah. and you know what they are, and they know <laughs> you know what they are.
1: Yeah, and I feel like Universal wants you to have a
0: good time with the movies.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, they, they're, the, they're the ones who did Girl, Girl's Trip, right? That was Universal. Uh, and that's one of the most fun times I've had of the movies in recent yeah. years. Um, and even, because, yeah, even like their heavier stuff, like... Um, still has a sort of, uh, bit of a Hollywood sheen on it, sometimes for the worst, like with Unbroken. That was. Sure. I think that was Universal. Unbroken. I think it was
0: too, yeah. Um, but yeah yeah, I feel like there's I'm not going to go so far as say that they're they're populist because I feel like that has a negative connotation to it but I think that they are but that might be right that might be the way to like when you think of what I mean the movies that put Universal on the map were the monster movies of the 30s which came about because Carl Lemley's son Uh was kind of put in charge of something and he's like I like monster movies and so he so they're like yeah, all right, let's make these. And then they did really well. And so it's almost like by, by I'm oversimplifying by the way, but like by, de- by sort of uh, deferring to this younger guy who had very, uh, very general, broad, uh, mainstream sensibilities. I feel like universal is like, oh, wow, this is really working. Uh, <laughs> let's stick with this for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Try who else Like. I, again, there's no one else that I really trust. I would say, you know, I, I tend to think about studios. Um, well, I I, mean, I, th- I think about studios more now that I am contacting publicists sure. a lot, you know, but um, especially at this time of year when studios are doing.
0: Yeah, it's time to sound. Awards, pres- yeah, time which, to be prestigy.
1: Uh, yeah, but I'm thinking about what they put out. More. Mm-hmm. Um and I guess I do uh Paramount seems like uh usually pretty reliable, right? Mm-hmm. Like what did they have last year? Was that Fences was two years ago, right? It was twenty sixteen, yeah. Um and then before that they had Wolf of Wall Street going way back but i I'm,
0: I'm drawing a blank on what they had last year i feel like but y- you and i commented somewhat recently i think you were the one that said it that like paramount seems to be taking risks lately but i don't know if it's oh, their, right, it's their we prestige about, material but um
1: uh they had the they had mother and that, annihilation that's right yes absolutely um, yeah yeah, it's, yeah. So maybe that's why I have
0: such a positive connotation with Paramount.
1: Yeah. Even though I didn't really like Mother, I'm super, super glad they they made it. Yeah, I have, it
0: I have tremendous respect for it,
1: if yeah. not affection, because um, that was that, that would be something I would expect to come from Annapurna. Sure. Which at this point is a studio because they used to they used to distribute through. Um, and they did like American Hustle, was that through Warner Brothers or through Sony? It might have been Sony. Mm-hmm. But then like uh the master was Warner Brothers, right? I think. Distributed? Maybe that was maybe that was Sony or Paramount or whatever. But anyway, starting with Detroit last mm-hmm. year. Okay, yeah. Annaperna now does its own distribution. Um and we'll see if they can do better than they've been doing, um, they, but as they had a hit with, sorry to bother you, which they didn't produce, but that's true. Um, I think that was very big for them. Uh, and we'll see how, um, if Beale street could
0: talk, I think is their big one this year. I think it's going to, well, I don't know about financially, but I think critically it's going to do great. Um, but,
1: uh, I mean, talk about having an identity that you literally have, that's, Annapurna is Megan Ellison. That's she's the one who mm-hmm. greenlights stuff and makes all the decisions. And she's the one who said, "I have a crazy amount of money that I uh, inherited, and I'm uh, I I like these filmmaker-driven yeah. movies, so I'm just going to give people crazy amounts of money to make whatever the fuck they want." And uh, it's resulted in some awesome stuff, um, but I do worry uh, that there's a short shelf life because she doesn't have all the money in the world that, that run out at some point.
0: That's the thing is like one person like bankrolling a lot of movies, like movies cost a lot of money to yeah. make. And even yeah. if you, even if you're a billionaire, even if you have like $10 billion that can that can run out pretty quick yeah. when you're yeah. making movies. Um, uh,
1: but, yeah, that's Annapurna is definitely, if you're talking about a personality, Annapurna is a studio that I think has a personality. But, again, it's because I associate it with yeah. one person.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so to uh, so I want to pivot really quickly because you were talking about, like, if Beale Street could talk and that sort of thing. And it got me thinking about, like, recent prestige films that do well. I mean, mm-hmm. A24, uh, which is not a studio. But, I mean, I feel like— Yeah, wait, is it? A- I don't think so. I mean— I think they might distribute themselves, though, right? They might. Uh, they might now. I mean, I, I. don't think they did early on, but I mean, I feel like they've been around longer than we've been talking about them. But I feel like starting maybe what three years ago, maybe maybe four. I feel like suddenly it's like what what the hell is this company and where is all this stuff coming from? Yeah, and it's and so much of it is just genuinely great. Um, you know, they made the reason I, cause when you mentioned if Beale street could talk, like they put out moonlight. So like they mm-hmm. put out a best picture winner within only a few years of existing, or, and certainly within a very short time of their profile going up. And so I remember, I I don't have it in front of me, I'll, I will look it up, but a friend of the show, Jason Eakin and I were talking about A24 and we pulled up like a list of the movies they put out in the last few years. And it's astonishing, not the number of movies, but how many of those movies were became part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um for such a small company studio or otherwise. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like that's we, one, like I think of it as like prestige and I think of it the way people thought of Miramax in the nineties.
1: Yeah. But probably better. Uh, in in better. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, I think we need
1: a third, we're, we're talking about production companies and studios, but I think for things like Magnolia, 24, they might just be distributors. Like I'm not sure that sure. they're. Is A24 like bankrolling the production of Florida Project, or are they just
0: yeah? That's someone making it
1: independently, and then A24 buys
0: it and distributes it. I'm not sure what their model. Right, is. That, that's a good that and that's a good point. Like even if they're only distributing, like it definitely has that banner, mm-hmm. and the stuff they choose to distribute has become who they are. And that's, you know, that's their brand. So, yeah, look, so looking back, at least on, uh, let's see, looking on Wikipedia, there is motion pictures from A24 listed by theatrical release date. And it goes back to 2013. And there are a bunch of them, but like, okay, so in 2013, I'm not going to say everything, but like there was the Bling Ring. And then the next year was Enemy, Under the Skin, Locke, Obvious Child, The Rover. Uh, let's see a most violent year 2015 you've got room Oh, yes yeah along with while we're young ex machina the end of the tour mississippi grind like now not all these are movies people were talking about but people certainly talked about room they talked about ex machina and Mm -hmm. some of us talked about the end of the tour in mississippi grind the year after that they have the witch they have green room the lobster swiss army man i mean it's it goes on. Mm -hmm. I mean, they like to the degree that I trust a brand or I trust a logo. That one is getting there for me. It might, I might be there,
1: but yeah, I don't know. I I think I just worry about, there was a time when I thought that Miramax was sure. Something. Sure. And that was probably partially just,
0: uh, naivete on my part. um, (laughs) and there was a time when, when Pixar was genuinely like a a mark of quality and it's not that for me anymore because I think once, like I think once a studio or production company, whatever we want to say, like once it starts to sort of assume that and be like, yes, that is what we are. Mm -hmm. I think that's when the product starts to get a little bit worse. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: uh, I guess I still feel positively about Magnolia, though, as a distributor. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what is their um, their smaller, more genre wing? Magnet, is that?
0: Magnet sounds right to me. Yeah.
1: Um, but again, this is just the distributor. Uh, and also part of the reason Magnolia puts out so many good movies every year is because they put out so many <laughs> movies every year.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to look up what they've what they've. Uh, well, this year I done. think they
1: had um, eighth grade and hereditary. Okay, uh,
0: I'm not sure what else. So yeah, you're saying you're saying by like the law of probability, <laughs> when you put yeah. out that much stuff, some of it's going to be great.
1: Yeah, uh, um, yeah. Well, okay, we keep talking about. Um, distributors instead of studios now but uh one that i do have a positive association with is the orchard Um, okay i'm not i can't remember what they've put out this year but last year they put out um uh what was the movie called beats per minute bpm oh yeah yeah uh yeah and uh a lot of other stuff they also uh put out our friend pat healy's movie Mm -hmm. uh take me is that what it was called
0: that sounds right yeah uh, yeah, looking up, uh, looking them up right now, they did We the Animals. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, all About Nina. Oh, that movie. I want to see All About Nina, but also
1: one thing that I usually hate in movies is movies about stand-up comedy. I hate, I hate fake stand-up in movies. Yeah. Like Obvious Child is the exception to the rule, mm-hmm. where I actually buy that they're stand-ups. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, usually if someone is doing stand-up in a movie, it's painful
0: for me. Well, it all goes back to punchline. And even uh-huh. though Tom Hanks did start uh, in, in stand-up for a short time, like, yeah, he just... I never saw punchline. It's not good. And the one thing that, like, anytime you listen to, like, a, a comedy podcast and they talk about punchline they'll always be like hey guys do you remember when there were locker rooms oh, yeah. uh in, in in comedy clubs yeah me neither
1: one of my go-to references uh, for Punchline is that uh, Amy Schumer show sketch about mm-hmm. uh, actresses celebrating their last fuckable day. <laughs> yeah. And Tina Fey is like, M- remember when Sally Field was Tom Hanks's love interest in Punchline and then like two weeks later she was his mom in Forrest Gump?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, you know what, that's true. I don't think that ever occurred to me. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, The Orchard looking at uh, some of their older titles, they did What We Do in the Shadows. Um... The yeah. hero with uh, Sam Elliott. Well, can all be winners. Uh, life Speaking an- of life animated, stand-up. they did that one? Oof. What? And the hero. There's bad stand-up in The Hero? Laura Perpon's character is a stand-up comic. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. What was ba- What was that one that you hated with uh, De Niro as a, as a stand-up? <laughs> is that
1: called The Comedian? The Comedian, oh, that's man, it. Oh, uh,
0: man, uh, Nightmare, that movie. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, and I remember, uh, you wrote a, ne- a very negative review and somebody commented very negatively about your review. And I was just like, Oh boy, this guy really liked the comedian. Well, good and for I, him. Good for him.
1: That's what I say. I love our, I, I spent so long at the top of the show, trashing the film community. I want to make it clear that I love our listeners and the comments. I don't think this guy was a
0: listener. Uh, <laughs> I think he just found the review somewhere. All right. Our readers, I guess. Sure. As well, sure. Uh, we do have more readers than listeners. Um, yeah, but our listeners are loyal. That's true. Yeah. Our readers, they're real fly by nighters. <laughs> Don't
1: turn your back on them. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, all right. Okay. So I feel like we've gone far afield from what we initially. Um, so, yeah. Uh, let's see. Let me uh, pull up my list here. Uh, yeah. And so I mentioned Pixar. Pixar was for a while there was like Pixar and dreamworks and Pixar was seen as like the one for genuinely the entire family. Because in so far as parents could watch these movies and get something out of them that the kids couldn't get, but it wasn't just a bunch of stupid innuendos. Whereas dreamworks was seen as that. And as time has gone on, I think um, like there are Pixar movies I have not seen Sure. 10 years ago, that was not the case. You know, Pixar was uh, a shorthand for, like, quality. Um, Even when they, even, like, their worst films uh, 10, 12 years ago, the worst one was Cars, which isn't that great, but it's it's visually interesting, and there's some interesting character work and that kind of thing. I think the world just is not that well conceived. Um, But. I never saw that one. Yeah, it's no, so either
1: the cars movies
0: or planes. Planes is Disney. Oh, trying to be Pixar. They own Pixar, but I don't think they did it. I don't think they made that one through Pixar. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's very strange. But, but yeah. Uh, now, like, I never saw the Good Dinosaur. I didn't see Finding Dory. I think there are other ones that I, I that it, I'm, I'm not even thinking about either. Yeah, Finding Dory's fine. It's it's a fu- it's a fun movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, um. But yeah, uh, they, it has become not inessential, but I guess that's the only way to describe it in that it is no longer essential to me.
1: Um, well, you know who has an identity as long as we're talking about animation, blue sky. Sure. Has an identity and that identity is fucking shrill. Okay. (laughs) Like I feel like it's the comedy of cute little characters that just make high pitch noises. It's the minions. (laughs) It's the secret life of pets. Yeah. Uh, what else? Boss Baby was that Blue Sky? Maybe? I think that was. I think I that was. Yeah, I didn't see Boss Baby. Um, it, yeah, if, if we're talking about the idea of, like, you were talking about trust. If a production company logo or a studio logo comes up. And you're like, okay, I'm in for something good. Mm-hmm. Blue sky is the opposite for me. I have yeah. to say like, uh, I'm like, I, the blue sky logo comes up and I think
0: I should have brought earplugs. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's something like, admittedly, yes, I guess we can, I don't necessarily want to branch into studios that are not, uh, American. Cause then that opens it up quite a bit, but studio Ghibli, I know for, or Ghibli, pardon me. Um, for many people that is and has remained like completely trustworthy whimsical uh with a lot of heart and imagination and just kind of in many ways old fashioned partially because they still they stick with 2D animation um you know I think that's how it is in, in my head but you know when I've talked to certain uh of my students uh not the middle school ones the college ones I mean they like that, that almost has studio Ghibli almost has followers, you know, like they love it so yeah. much. And I don't mean to say uh, that's a bad thing, No, I don't think but it that is. one like really has retained what it is. But that, I mean, that's kind of, ideally that's how it should be. I think, mm-hmm.
1: um, I would like studios to be more consistent. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Um, like, uh, like the way record labels are, sure, you know, or especially you know, record labels that uh, specialize in like you know, Stones Throw is like a certain kind of hip hop, and then like I don't know, uh, Drag City is a certain kind of like yeah. garage rock. Like each, you know, they have these strict identities, and I feel like studios don't really have. A- Blumhouse is the is now the exception of mm-hmm. like, oh, we're a horror studio or a yeah. production company, whatever you want to call call it. Um That's pretty rare now. And it's probably smart to diversify, but it would be, it is, I guess as a fan, it's fun yeah. to think of, uh, of being a fan of a studio the way you can be a studio. We, is it Ghibli? You said Ghibli?
0: I've heard it both ways. And and the people that it's too close to like Ghibli. Ghiblets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I mentioned uh, in the movie journal that I listened to the audiobook of this thing, Top of the Rock, which was talking about NBC in the 90s uh, when they went from like last place. Again, Cheers did very well, but they didn't really have much else. Um, and then they just like rocketed uh, to like number one with, in the top 10, I think like seven of the shows were theirs. Um and part of it had to do with Warren Littlefield taking over and approving and uh, Brandon Tartikoff, like approving very specific types of shows that, you know, they honestly, they said, we're going to make comedies for adults
1: hmm.
0: because there is there is Alf. There was the Cosby show, which which was theirs, but stuff for families. Cheers was for adults and it was kind of the only one and they thought, well, this works well. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Seinfeld was for adults. Friends was for adults of a certain age. Frasier, mad about you, will and grace. Like these were shows and, and yes, they could be kind of broad, but they were still for adult sensibilities. Um, and then when the, with their dramas, like Law and Order and E.R., it's like we want it to seem, we want this very much to be for adults insofar as we want it to seem kind of realistic. Mm. And so, like, that was their brand for years. Uh, and that's, and it became very reliable. You knew what you were getting with NBC. Um and then it start, and then when Warren Littlefield and Brandon Tartakov left like everything it started to kind of dilute a little bit and you started getting a lot more reality TV and that kind of thing so anyway well, what else, sorry uh, well yeah, there's I, Disney now I mean yeah. like there always has been but at this point like the the word disney which was a guy's name you know yeah. as and it, warner's and fox obviously was too but like but it was walt disney it was associated with like this family thing and i think in the minds of some people it still is but like for people like you and i when i think of disney i think of the fucking blob that just well, absorbs and gets bigger and bigger. yeah
1: well here's to what you were saying to go back to television there used to be a saying back when there were only a few networks mm-hmm there used to be a saying about television, which is that because television is trying to reach so many people, television will never be as good as the best movies, but it will also never be as bad as the worst movies. Yeah. And I feel like that's what Disney is now, hmm. you know? Like, yeah. I, I don't know that Disney puts out that many movies that are God awful. Yeah. They also don't put out that many movies that, you
0: know, are likely to end up in my top 10 list. You know that's, I mean? that's true. And if they do, it's, you know, I, I, d- so Disney bought Marvel. So like thinking in terms of franchises, you know, there are the Marvel movies. And though I, I do love infinity war. And I think there have been some really genuinely great Marvel movies. Um, you know, they are, they're all they all have a very similar mm-hmm. visual palette, uh, and they all feel kind of the same. And sometimes they'll they'll experiment a little bit, like with Guardians of the Galaxy, and then that, that allows them to get a little bit bigger in other areas like the Thor movies. So they can mm-hmm. do that. But um but yeah, it's it's this kind of thing like it's like, yeah, the worst Marvel movie is still not that bad, but the best will probably top out at like a I'm I'm overstating because I love the Avengers. Mm-hmm. And I liked, you know, and I like uh, Infinity War, but like, yeah. they, like you said, they're rarely going to crack the top ten. Whereas something that maybe is a bit more risky, you know, I don't know anybody that talks about any Marvel movie the way they talk about The Dark Knight. And I don't love The Dark Knight as much as some people, but it's definitely trying to do different things and be mm-hmm. grittier or darker, whatever you want to say. It's trying to be more of its own thing. Well,
1: it's, I mean, it's.
0: Uh, I mean, I
1: make fun of Christopher Nolan a lot, but the dark Knight is more of a Christopher Nolan movie than maybe any Marvel movie is. Yeah. It's director. I don't know. Uh, Maybe, maybe because I like Joss Whedon so much and know so much about him. I see a lot of him in his Avengers movies.
0: Um, but, and there's a lot of Shane black in iron man three. Like you get, you get a little bit of it here and there. Um, but, uh, But, yeah, I mean, the the auteur of the Marvel movies is Kevin Feige, who is essentially the showrunner for this very big TV show. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, I think that's probably an astute observation about Disney, is that it just, you're going to get a very specific level of quality, and it's not going to be well too much in any direction.
1: I mean, I was thinking, I've been thinking about that for a while because of, Ant-Man and the Wasp being like 95% of Rotten Tomatoes. Mm -hmm. And I realize it's, I think we've talked about this on the show before, it's because Rotten Tomatoes is a binary. Mm -hmm. So a 95% doesn't mean, oh my God, this is one of the best movies of the year. It means 95% of critics thought it was at least okay.
0: Yeah, it was more good than bad.
1: Uh, Yeah, that's all that means. Um, And that stuff, Marvel movies tend to get very high ratings because
0: they're not particularly challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Uh All right. Well, we've talked a lot of shit about Disney here. Um it's, I mean, it's hard. It is really hard not to, I mean, like when they own uh, our friend, Josh Long, who grew up, I mean, he's one of the biggest star Wars fans. I know certainly as he was, as he was growing up. And he said that like when he heard Disney bought star Wars, you know, his, His head kind of fell a little bit. Um, Even though I've kind of liked what they've been doing with it. I I like um, the movies. And I I actually feel like the movies aren't nearly as generic as I thought they were going to be. I feel like, you know, you get Ryan Johnson in there, and I feel like he actually did some interesting stuff. I don't love all of it, but he did some interesting stuff with it.
1: Yeah, that one is. I mean, Force Awakens, I think, is more like a marvel movie in that like yeah i don't think force awakens is bad at it's all but tremendously do, enjoyable yeah i do think it's kind of generic or at least you know 21st century generic whatever that yeah. is now um what else i like rogue one i, I like uh gareth edwards right yeah. who made that? which
0: one is it is it, it evans edwards? or edwards <laughs> um
1: evans is the one who did the raid and,
0: yes yes okay uh,
1: oh yeah whoa hey he also has a netflix movie we didn't talk about netflix which is a studio That's true. now yeah um but talk about not having an identity
0: because they'll just do whatever well and you know now i feel like i need to apologize for fox uh <laughs> you know to fox saying that like they're the little brother saying hey guys take me seriously that is absolutely how i think of netflix as a movie studio
1: um yeah like when you they s- yeah they can't seem to it and there's no surprise to me they can't, can't seem to get the awards respect that they get from the emmys because people still yeah. think of netflix as tv yeah uh unfortunately but now that i mean they're caving i don't know actually just yesterday or today um they announced that some of their titles will play in theaters before they're available on Netflix, yeah, which, it's because um, they they've been putting more stuff in theaters, but it would still be day and date, you know. Yeah. Like, um, but I think uh *Buster*, *Scruggs*, and maybe *Roma* and maybe *Bird Box* mm-hmm. um, are all going to play for a week or two in theaters before they're available on on the service, which is how Amazon did it. And Amazon has had uh, more success.
0: Yeah, but it wasn't that week or two thing either. Like Amazon held on held out for like a couple months yeah to kind of make it clear like we are distancing ourselves in this way like we you can only see this in theaters and i guess if you want to wait a couple months you can watch it at home whereas i think netflix like i think two weeks honestly isn't enough i think they'll they have big stuff now so i think they i don't think I think they now are going to have a a major presence at the Oscars, certainly this year with with Roma. I hope they do with Roma for
1: our uh, fantasy, my fantasy team. Yeah.
0: But like I remember, you know, uh, to reference this this class once again, um, it's yielding uh, dividends. The marketing class. The marketing class. I wish it could have been it. Um, Sounds great. She talked about Netflix and just how desperate Netflix was to be taken seriously, and they just poured so much money into their mudbound Oscar campaign. And they and she said like, they just like, it, it was nominated for like supporting actress and cinematography and screenplay, you know, it got nominated for some mm-hmm. real stuff. And she's like, but they wanted that picture nomination. They didn't think they were going to win, but they really wanted that picture nomination because like, Hey, look, Netflix has a best picture nominee, uh, mm-hmm. this year and they just didn't have it this year. I think they, I think they definitely are going to have it maybe a couple times over. Um, Yeah but it's hilarious to me.
1: They don't, they don't do this anymore. I don't think, but a couple years ago, I got a DVD screener of piece of no nation. And mm -hmm. I wanted to be like, you guys, it's on
0: Netflix. Uh, Yeah. I don't need this. Yeah. But it's, it it seems like they're like, this is what the studios do. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, and that's the thing is in order to have, this is true of people, and studios in order to have any kind of personality at, uh, at all you have to be a little bit discriminating uh-huh. um, you have to decide I like this and not that um, or yeah. in the case of studios I will release this and not that and that's how you start to understand what it is they do but like you said Netflix the, it, they just cast such a wide net
1: yeah but I, I mean yes but I feel that's what I was saying about I feel like most of the big studios do. They don't have the volume of Netflix, mm-hmm. but I still think the the difference between a from what Sony um, <laughs> yeah. between like a, uh, I'm trying to think of. No, that's Fox. Uh, I can't think of. Uh, I can't think of a good Sony movie, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> there, are, I don't think there are many.
1: Yeah, there's got to be something
0: there's probably something yes yeah <laughs> i'm looking it up all right um but yeah it's and i don't mean to to trash netflix but i do think that you know the way they started which was a type of you know which i guess in a way is like pure exhibition and even then like the kind of exhibition where like it's all about quantity and quality too sure but we just need to provide you with a lot of stuff it's like yeah but now they're making stuff and so Mm -hmm. what's that what does that mean as far as you know are they going to try and get you with quantity i guess when you can only make so many things then the version of that of quantity is variety which is we'll just we'll get you with a variety of things uh so that the 10 things we release i know it's more than that but the 10 things we make and release will be so different from one to the other and it's like that is that is the the mentality of somebody that started as uh as an exhibitor uh of multiple titles and tv shows and literally everything that mm-hmm. could be on disc or streaming um and so and that's not necessarily a bad thing but i think it, that's going to be that's going to wind up being another hurdle for them if they're gonna be taken seriously as a movie studio. Um or maybe Roma will win everything this year, which he very well could, and they'll be right there on top. Did, did you find dream? did you find something uh Sony
1: put up Baby Driver. Okay. It's a good movie.
0: <laughs> right? I like yeah. that movie. Sony.
1: Pictures. But then there's also Columbia, which is Sony.
0: Okay, yeah. I don't really know how that works yeah that's the thing is like in what we're talking about here i mean we don't necessarily know completely how the industry works uh so it's based mostly on what is released when it's released and the history of a studio and in its choices. Um, and so that's when I said like this kind of started as an abstract idea, that's what I meant. I mean, I'm sure there are, in fact, I know that there are, Huge charts determining. I mean, it's almost scientifically what will be released when uh, and the type of thing based on. Well, this was popular before. This one wasn't, so we're obviously we're going to lean this way. You know, so it's not nearly as abstract as I'm making it, but I think there are patterns to certain studios, and when you look at those patterns, you start to see something that looks like okay, they clearly, whether they know it or not, have decided this is who they're going to be and they're okay with that because it has worked out for them so far. Mm -hmm. You know, Universal does not have a reason to change. Right. Yeah. Psycho jaws Jurassic Park like it's going to be fine if it sticks with this monster thing. In fact, oh, if they we're forgetting Fast and the Furious is also yeah. universal. They've got Yeah. Uh, yeah. which is not I mean the franchise is a monster, but uh, it doesn't feature any monsters, but um <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It does feel like Triceratops should show up at some point. Yeah. Um but yeah, so, uh, and and I'm sure there are entire, again, production companies or studios that we're not even thinking of. Um, so listeners, you're welcome to uh, to weigh in on this. Yeah.
1: So this has been a fun conversation. Um, we didn't get in anywhere. <laughs> um, we weren't
0: really trying to. But, what show uh, do you think we were doing? Exactly. We also have a personality, David. We have a brand. That's true. And that is that we don't arrive anywhere. Yeah. It's all about the journey. That's what I say.
1: That's true. And yet I never feel that way about uh, actual journeys, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's true. I've never like looking, you know, I, I think I like, I took, you know, I took a, a train from Berlin to Prague, mm. you know, and I think I'm going to be like, Oh, I'm going to see the countryside. But no, I just like looked at my laptop or slept. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's interesting. Sometimes it is it, it is about the journey for me.
1: Yeah, I didn't look. I, I'm I'm exaggerating. I looked at the countryside. I looked at the Elba River. Mm. I looked at Dresden. Okay, because uh, that's how's it doing. Dresden is halfway between
0: Berlin and Prague, so okay. uh, saw that. It's fine. All right. Um, <laughs> I was uh, as I was driving today from uh, Rancho Cucamonga to home. I was headed west at sunset and it was a particularly beautiful sunset and it was pretty good weather. So I rolled down my windows oh, and, nice. uh, turned my, my music up and just like, I tried to enjoy the journey. David. Uh, maybe
1: I do enjoy the journey when i when it's driving. Sure. Because I, um, I definitely, ha- I, I, I have to shake my head at people. Angelino's flying to Las Vegas, which they do. Mm-hmm. It seems like a lot of them do. A friend of mine is flying to Las Vegas. She's probably in the air right now. Um, sounds like maybe it, she shouldn't be uh, your friend. I mean, <laughs> what I'm what I'm saying is the drive. I love it. You get to drive.
0: It's only five hours, and it's through the desert. It's awesome. I'm sure uh, some people, if they if they go to Vegas a lot, I'm sure the drive starts to lose some of its, I guess,
1: novelty. Yeah, yeah I guess I started. Uh, yeah, definitely the drive from Chicago to St. Louis and back. Sure, kind of uh, sure. started to lose its its luster for me. And that's yeah. about the same distance. Uh, all right. We're way off topic. Uh, you can find us at com. That's where you can find uh, all of our reviews. You can also find um, uh, our premium content, including our Harry Potter commentaries, mm-hmm. which we, we mentioned Harry Potter briefly in this episode. Um, and you can start your own fantasy awards league. Yeah. Um, we have all the materials there for you to Critics download. Critics awards are going to be starting in a couple uh, weeks. Yeah, yeah. You better so hurry you've up got and, time. and draft your team. I'm feeling... Feeling okay about my team this year, I think. Um, I don't think I have a winning team. uh, I think you might, but we'll see. Uh, Okay, so that's all at BattleshipPretension.com. You can email us, David at BattleshipPretension.com, Tyler at BattleshipPretension.com. I'm on Twitter at DaveyPretension, Tyler's on Twitter at TylerPretension.com. What else is going on in your other podcast? MoreThanOneLesson.com?
0: Uh, dot com. Sadly, More Than One Lesson uh, is, has not had anything for a while. I oh man, it's going the way of LA Film Fest and FilmStruck. Well, I don't know about that. There are some episodes that are in the can, but I can't post them yet because I need to post something else first. That's the problem with like doing list-based uh, uh, episodes. Um, so yeah, it's that, but it's just um, you know. Look, David, what I have with you, I do not have with my other co host which is a set-aside time uh-huh. to record, and uh, my co-hosts it, yeah. are very busy. Okay. Congratulations to uh, my co-host, Reed Lackey, who um, wrote a movie, oh. the name of which I have forgotten, but it is it has been made. It's Ready been, Player One? That's the one, yes. Has that not come out yet? No. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he, he wrote a movie um, about... Uh, Jesus like in the desert I think they were making it before last days in the desert came out Uh, and he I remember he told me about his script idea and looking at the trailer Uh, it looks really interesting and so like from a Christian film standpoint I'm actually quite excited uh, for the film and excited that he's involved in it because he's a very good writer
1: alright that's it thanks for listening we'll get you next time bye bye